He's got a beautiful backswing. That's, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Layup with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Jim Woodward, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you as always. And guys, we thought it was just going to be a normal Tuesday. We were going to talk about Cam Smith winning the Australian PGA, um, but sometimes, guys, speaking of Cam Smith, live stuff hits you right in the face, and I did break some news this morning, boys, that Cedar Ridge in Tulsa, Oklahoma, technically Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, will be hosting a live event on May 12th through the 14th in 2023 guys what are your gut reactions mine was this is awesome number one and number two it's even more awesome that it's going to my favorite course in Oklahoma I don't know that Liv could have picked a better venue for this event I am so excited boys that Liv is coming to Oklahoma we nailed it right on the head I mean guys this is just absolutely monumental news in my opinion for for the future of of golf in this state i mean it's going to be absolutely tremendous with the exception of of getting the announcement of a major championship like we did with the pga um i feel like this is the next best thing i feel like this is even better than just a regular pga tournament getting scheduled here because we're going to know the players who are going to be there we're not going to worry about oh is tiger rory you know all those guys who we'd love to see are they going to commit we're going to know phil's going to be there we know cam smith's going to be there dj all the local guys, Abe Answer, T. Goose, Charles Howe III, all, all, all these great players, uh, Takar is going to be there. It's going to be absolutely electric atmosphere, and it's going to be so interesting to see how it varies, at least from our perspective, Sam, because at the PGA, I mean, we were there from sunup to sundown essentially every day, and a lot of that just had to do with everyone was on different schedules, right? I mean, some people yep. play in the morning, some play in the afternoon. At the, at the live, everyone's going to have a shotgun start, so I feel like everything's going to be a little bit more condensed and uh, – a little bit and less of an all day and all week atmosphere as opposed to, uh, you know, just getting in there and maybe having a little bit more fun. I just want to see the contrast of it, Woody, because, uh, you know, you go from a major championship to, to now a live event, there's going to be a little bit of contrast there. But uh, I expect the golf, the, the actual golf that we get to see to be just, just as good as what we saw at, at Southern Hills. What's funny is we, we've been talking about what a perfect place to have one of these live events is in Oklahoma. We're golf fans in Oklahoma. And this is, this is what I challenge the listeners and everybody in this state. Put your political views to the side. Don't beat this thing up for anything more than what it is. It's great golf. And you got it right in your backyard at a fabulous golf course, Cedar Ridge. I couldn't agree with you more, Sam. Probably one of the hardest tests of golf in our state. So, what an opportunity to see world-class golf. And, guys, we still don't know. They're talking there's going to be 14 events next year with 60 players. So who knows who we might add to this live tour before it's played in May. It's a great opportunity to watch great golf. And kudos to our state and to Cedar Ridge for pulling this off. No doubt about it, guys. And this announcement apparently will be made within the next week or so that Cedar Ridge will be getting this. But you heard it here first, right here on the 73rd hole. And Kim McLeod of Golf Oklahoma talked to Charles Howell uh, just this morning. And Charles Howell said this about Oklahoma and Oklahoma golf. He said, the one thing I'll say is that I think Oklahoma is a wonderful place. I've always felt the state of Oklahoma is a wonderful sports market, a wonderful golf market, and that makes a lot of sense for us to be there. Guys, it, it sounded more and more confirmed, and, and I, I know it's confirmed just through my sources, but we'll hear it in the next few days. I think it could not be a more perfect fit, and T-Dub brought up the players. I mean, there's six players of the current 48-man live roster um, that have strong Oklahoma ties, including five who played at Oklahoma State. That's Charles Howe, Taylor Gooch, Matthew Wolf, Eugenio Lopez, 
Lopez, Chikara, and Peter Uline, and and one from the University of Oklahoma. That's Abe Answer. And guys, I know they that live talk to other courses, especially in the Oklahoma City area. Um, but I think they chose a perfect landing spot for this event, and I cannot wait to go cover it. It's going to be um, one of the um, more exciting things of 2023. I would venture to say, T Dub. Oh, I don't think there's going to be any doubt about it. And, uh, I mean, like you guys have brought it up earlier, but anyone who's never played Cedar Ridge needs to understand it's such a difficult test of golf. Like, obviously, there's so many great courses in the state and great condition-wise, but when you just talk about the actual layout of a golf course and just the strengths and weaknesses that it has, Cedar Ridge on a course design setup ranks probably, in my opinion, a top five course in the state by far, and uh, maybe even top three when it comes to that. So it's it's going to be an excellent test, and even the dates too, boys. I mean, the second weekend, the second week of May. I mean, you can get some pretty some pretty weird weather Again, around that not time. Confirmed so confirmed yet, but that's what my sources are saying. And that, and it would probably be somewhere around that time anyway. I, I would venture just just if whatever's going on. But nevertheless, any time in the state, you can get some weird weather. So you you get a a hard golf course. With brutal weather going on, Woody, I mean, we could see some fairly high scores being shot out there, even from the world's best, um, just depending on how hard they actually want to set the course up. Well, hopefully we have a, a very mild spring because we can get some rough. We need some temperatures because Cedar Ridge with rough is a monster. It mm-hmm. is tough. So I think the other thing we, we got to love about this, even though the PGA was spectacular, it was a major championship, to watch golf more up close there's nothing better than this live you have limited fans okay you have a shotgun start where you can scatter people on the golf course it's the best opportunity for our golf fans in oklahoma to get up close and really personal with what i call some world-class golfers I think it is beyond a great opportunity. I am excited about it, and I can't wait to see the 60-man field that shows up at Cedar Ridge. No doubt about it, Woody. And let me remind you guys that back in 2009, the USAM was in Tulsa, and it was at Southern Hills for the majority of the tournament, but they had one stroke play round at Cedar Ridge, guys, and that was the likes of Kevin Tway, Ricky Fowler, Ben On went on to win the golf tournament, but... If you guys remember, Kevin Tway actually four-putted the 11th hole out at Cedar Ridge, and I'm kind of getting to my point of Cedar Ridge being such a strong test of golf, and I qualified on Cedar Ridge on a weekly basis in college, guys, and what I mean, there's nothing else to say other than it's really hard. It has one quirky hole on number three, but other than that, it's just a long, straight test of golf, kind of old school, but longer than your traditional old school school style golf course and I mean it's one of the tougher finishing golf courses as well you know trying to finish on 15 16 17 and 18 and and 15 such a long par three over water and then at 16 you have to hit the ball in the fairway 17's a straight dog leg right I can't wait to see what DJ does on that hole he might go for it over the houses could you imagine uh Dustin Johnson aiming up a drive over your chimney to the green I mean they might do that or they might lay up to the left and then uh, 18 is a pretty straightforward hole. But I'm just so excited, guys, to get Live Golf in Oklahoma. And, and I talked to a few Live people. They were like, do you think Live would succeed in Oklahoma? And I'm going, yes, absolutely. And we've seen on Twitter already this morning when I broke that news that Live is coming to Oklahoma and the overwhelming majority of fans, golf fans in Oklahoma, guys, could not be happier that Live Golf is coming to Oklahoma and coming to Tulsa, T-Dub. Oh, I, the reception I think that this news is going to get is going to be exceptionally well. I, I expect there to be as many turnouts as tickets they want to sell. I figure that would be the people that want to be there because not only is this one of the few times that we're getting professional golf in Oklahoma, but there's only going to be very limited live events in the United States anyway next year. So you're going to have people come from all over park. I guarantee you have people from Dallas come. You have people from Kansas City come down. You have people from probably even like the likes of Chicago and other areas just come down because there's not going to be that many live events. We saw a lot uh, going of St. Louis people a, in, at the PGA. Remember Michelob Ultra guy? A hundred percent. I mean, it's just you get that much of a turnout, and it has to do with 
there's not a whole lot of great professional golf that happens around this area. And now there is now there's going to be and it's. I think it's going to be an exceptionally great turnout. And you guys keep talking about the golf course. And I just want to, to give my feedback there. And I completely agree that it, it's such a, it's such a tough test. And, and Woody brought up the rough earlier and, not necessarily that the rough gets extremely long, but it's just thick. No matter how long they want to have that Flyer rough, it's going to be Central. extremely gnarly. A hundred percent. I mean, you're either going to fly out of there, or it's going to come out dead as a doornail, and you're going to come up twenty yards short. And there's a lot of holes where you can't do that on. I will say the one thing you brought up the third hole, Sam. As much praise as I'll give a Cedar Ridge, I will give the exact opposite praise to that hole. It's one of my least favorite holes I've ever played in my entire life. I think they've heard that for years, (laughs) T-Dub. They have made it a little better by cutting out a couple trees on the corner, but still, you know, T-Dub, the one thing I want to bring up about the golf course before we move on is the fact that Cedar Ridge in Oklahoma, even even including Southern Hills and Oak Tree, I think that Cedar Ridge is in that top echelon of courses on, on maintenance. And and just how pure the golf course is, right? And the greens are always fast. Oh yes, I, I remember I played it first time I ever played there. It was the State Am is back in 2010, 2011, somewhere around there, and it was right when we had a massive rainstorm for like three weeks. And they hadn't mown the rough since then. And we have situations where you you miss the fairway by a yard, and and, and you can't even find your ball because that's how how long and thick that rough gets. And the greens were always extremely superb. There's a lot of undulation on the greens, too, I feel like. And and what usually happens is you get a lot of wind going on with the fast undulating greens, and it makes putting extremely, extremely difficult. It's one of those courses where you're not – it's not like a Carson Creek, right, where you're in in danger of losing tee balls off of each tee, unless the rough is as long as it was when we played in the stadium. But generally, it's not like that, but it's more, of course, where it's just so hard to make a lot of birdies out there, and it's so hard – to, to get things rolling, you can just make a bogey on almost any hole out there. So, so I mean, Woody, whenever we talk about other golf courses in the state where they could have hosted the, this uh, live event and see a tough test of golf, I could think of maybe two or three that would be ahead of Cedar Ridge, and that's it. Yeah, at the most. At the most. But we've said all along, Tulsa's, Tulsa's blessed. There's a lot of great golf in Tulsa. I think the most exciting thing about this tournament to me is your Oklahoma connection. And and we don't know. They might they might add another couple of guys before now and, and when this tournament's played. Uh, but to have all those guys that played at Oklahoma State know you coming back, um, big, big, I think it's a great deal for our fans to get to see those guys right up close and personal. So I got to tell you, Sam, I thought it was going to be boring, but you made my day with this report. (laughs) You're welcome, Woody. And Woody, I want to ask you one question just as far as we know that Liv is going to release their schedule on December 5th. And, you know, how important is it to a golf course to kind of get in on the ground room floor of you know, something that could be really special because we could see this might not just be this year, Woody. It might be for years to come of professional golf, high-level professional golf in Tulsa at Cedar Ridge if they make, you know, a great connection here. Liv, to me, isn't going anywhere, Woody. And and whether it be them merge with the PGA Tour, somewhere Cedar Ridge is going to get a benefit out of that. I think that that has to be said in all of this as well. For sure, and and what I think they're going to find is when they come to Oklahoma, they are really going to enjoy not only the people, the product, but the fans in general, how knowledgeable they are, how much they love golf, and to get, like you said, on the ground floor is big because they're going to love Oklahoma. They are, I promise you, they will stay in Oklahoma. As long as Liv is around, after they get to come to Cedar Ridge, I guarantee you guys, great news for Cedar Ridge. I think they can have it for as long as they want. T-Dub, any thoughts on that? Just as far as Cedar Ridge, you oh. know, continuing the relationship with Liv? I definitely feel like this is one of those deals where the earlier you get in and you can show, especially with all the animosity that came out with Liv first starting, if you can show some loyalty and to start off with, that usually pays dividends in the long run. So, yeah, I think it would be absolutely great. It's going to be great for this community. The longer they can have it, the better, because there are some pretty friendly people around here comparatively to other areas in the country and even the world to that extent. So, yeah, I think it's absolutely great. It's going to bring so much more revenue, too, and just attraction to the city of Tulsa, which is 
fairly underrated in a sense. Most most people who have ever lived in Tulsa just absolutely rave about it and talk about how great it is, especially certain parts uh, of the town. I get to the courses in Broken Arrow, but it, it's essentially it's so close. It's essentially Edmond, Oklahoma City. So it, it, there's not a whole lot of difference there. But uh, it, it's going to be – I think it's going to be electric the first, uh, first year, and I hope that they keep having it uh, more years to come. It, it could be a, a staple uh, on the live tour as long as they want, want to keep doing it. And guys, I do have to selfishly say that it was nice to be first reporting this story as well. That you know, I was first to report that the PGA Tour was going to give you know guaranteed money, and and that was all well and good. But I've worked on this story for a long time as well, and it was kind of cool to break some news here on the seventy third hole for our listeners, guys. I guess I'm going to have to move on to who the who the concert's going to be, right? And that's honestly being serious. That's another thing that's going to bring people together in Tulsa and be really good for the Tulsa community, they're going to have a massive concert. I assume that it's probably going to be some country star. I wouldn't be surprised to see like a, a Blake Shelton type or something like that, T-Dub. What do you think about uh, the concert? Uh, it'll be interesting to see how big they want to go with it because you're exactly right. It will be someone on country aspect. I'm looking for someone like Turnpike Troubadours or, uh, or Cole Wetzel, someone like that. It Morgan would be- Wallen? That would be nice as well. Oh, Morgan Wall would be excellent. That, that would be exquisite. So, yeah, I mean, you could definitely go down that road. I doubt they'll go the, the uh, you know, the rap route or, or, you know, get anyone like that or even the heavy rock. I think we'll avoid uh, that. But, yeah, they'll, they'll have to go with someone in the country, red dirt uh, demographic. And for someone like me, my music taste is absolutely where I want to be, Woody. Hey. Don't forget, we now have Tulsa's on a roll because they got the Tulsa King. We got Rocky Balboa. You know, that's Sylvester right. Stallone is a total Hey, hey, that, that's a good now. show. It is a good, a good show. show now. It's a great show. So Tulsa, like I say, Tulsa's on a roll. I look for Sylvester Stallone to show up. That's who I'm pulling for. Now, I hope he doesn't bring all his uh, gangsters with him or his ghosts, <laughs> but he'll be all right. No, no doubt about it. And, guys, just to kind of wrap this up, because I'm sure there there's going to be a thousand more details that we have in the near future. Um, but just to kind of wrap it up, guys, it, it, to me, it's one of those deals where – we kind of predicted that this would be a good place, but we know that Liv has some really smart people working for them because to go to Oklahoma where they know that it's just a golf-crazed area, I think, like I've said in the past on this podcast, that Liv is going to continue to go to areas that are golf-crazed but don't necessarily have a PGA Tour event every year. I think that this Liv event could turn out to be... I'm not saying it's going to be the Byron Nelson, but it's going to be a social gathering for a lot of golf fans in Oklahoma for years to come. And I think that Liv is making very smart decisions on where they're going in 2023. Well, you know, Sam, any time you get into business, you learn very quickly that logistics can not only hold up a process, but but can honestly make it just fall through the cracks altogether. And that's essentially what I was worried about with this deal, honestly, because we've been saying it for years and we're probably, we can't be the only people saying that, that this is going to be a great market for, for something like this. They, they had to, like you said, they're smart people. They had to have known that this would attract a, a lot of viewers and rightfully so. It's, it's an open area. We haven't had a, a regular tour event here. I don't think ever. I think you could maybe go back to the, when we had the 95, 96 tour championship, but still that was only two years, but nevertheless, that's still 30 years ago. So yeah. When, it, when's it's, the last it's time we had greatness. consistent, professional golf here in Oklahoma or Oklahoma city or Tulsa. There, there was an LPGA event. I believe, I believe at Cedar Ridge in my opinion, but I can't remember the last year they had it, it may have been like 2010 somewhere in there. Uh, if you go PGA tour, you've got to go all the way back to the Oklahoma city open guys. I mean, that's how far you got to go back. And when was that? Now, Woody? We did have a, we did have a champions event played at Quail Creek uh, a number of times, but actual PGA tour event uh, you got to go all the way back to the oklahoma city open so, and like generally when we're, was we're, that woody like the people oh the, late the 60s oklahoma city open. early 70s yeah yeah wow. late 60s early 70s long before you boys were born yeah. uh so uh you know this i don't think people fully understand now i think they will as this moves forward how Big of announcements, this truly is. This is huge when you talk about golf. All we usually get in Oklahoma is majors. Now, not that that's a bad thing, but we only get them now and then, okay? 
if this could become a yearly type of situation, I, I, that's just so big, you guys. It's just unbelievably big. That's why I'm so excited, Sam. You broke this news today. That's awesome. No doubt about it, guys. Let's go ahead and take a break. And then after the break, we had a crazy press conference from Tiger Woods that we have to get to. We have Cam Smith, who obviously won the Australian PGA. We got to get to that as well. Um, But before we get to the break, I do want to mention one thing Tiger said while we're still talking about Liv and Cedar Ridge and Tulsa and all of it is, you know, Tiger isn't necessarily ruling out the fact that Liv needs to have talks with the PGA Tour. Now, we'll get into what he said about Greg Norman after the break, but, you know, guys, what does this necessarily mean as far as, you know, Cedar Ridge or, you know, any of the other Liv venues? Could they possibly be seeing PGA Tour players in the future? I mean, where do you guys seeing this Live PGA Tour merger going or if, if there's even going to be a merger, T-Dub? Well, I think what it shows, mainly what Tiger said, is that the, the big dogs and the people actually in charge, not the Jay Monahans, but the players, actually do want to negotiate because they're tired of seeing what this has happened to essentially their tour and what they view as the game of golf. I think that's, you know, to be debated on if this actually has been, been better for the game of golf or not. In my opinion, I think that it has. It will be the better for the past next 20 or 30 years. That's yet to be decided. But where does it stand on a merger? I don't, I don't personally think there will be a merger. And my the reason I think that is, I don't think the PGA Tour will give in, – in, once they get into negotiating talks, and Tiger brought it up perfectly, where they're going to have to drop the lawsuits or at least put a stay on them if they want to have any type of negotiation. So that, that's going to be the first thing that has to happen. But I don't think that the Tour will say to live, yeah, you can have essentially an equal platform or even just one step below what the PGA Tour is because they want to still be the dominant Tour and be the alpha and be the monopoly and all that stuff. So they're going to want live to be the second-rate Tour, maybe just be a fall series and essentially be a donating partner of the PGA Tour. When it comes to money, I don't think Liv's going to want to do that at this point. Will it happen down the road maybe two or three years? I, I, I think that will depend on if Liv isn't that successful. But at this point, I, I think that it will be in, in all the most part. So I don't know, Woody. Everyone keeps talking about a merger and getting negotiating talks, but I don't think it's going to happen. Obviously, the only way it is going to happen, because I'm going to just say this based on what Tiger has said and what Rory has said and a number of other players, I think Greg Norman has to step aside. Um, I don't think there can be any real good negotiations until he kind of steps aside. It's kind of like negotiating with North Korea. Uh, Are you kidding me? Uh, Do you really trust that guy? It's if you get Norman kind of out of it, I think it's got a little bit more chance. But I agree with what you're saying in a lot of ways, T.W. I don't see Liv wanting to be a secondary partner in this deal. They're either going to be looked at equal to the PGA or they'll fight him. And I don't think that's good, but we'll just have to wait and see. No doubt about it, guys. Let's go ahead and hit a break here on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. And after the break, we'll figure out why Woody is saying that Greg Norman needs to be out because it might be something that Tiger Woods also said this morning. So stay with us here on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. And 
We are back rolling along on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. And before we continue our discussion over Greg Norman and Tiger Woods and and Liv coming to Cedar Ridge, guys, let me take a little break and ask Woody to tell us about our friends at Quail Creek Bank. Well, you got to love my boys at Quail Creek Bank. Uh, I haven't seen them in a while because golf season's over, but I know they're doing the same things they've always done at that bank. I know ATM fees, great home loans, small business loans. The friendliest bank I've ever walked into in my entire life. Every time I go into Quail Creek Bank, I see nothing but smiling faces and people going out of their way to help me. If you don't have that at your bank, uh, maybe you ought to think about going and checking out Quail Creek Bank, located right there on 122nd and May Avenue. Give them a shot. I don't think you'll regret it. So, guys, like we teased before the break, Tiger did his press conference at the Hero World Challenge uh, this morning and basically was a little more let's say, outspoken than he normally is. And the first thing he said when asked about Liv and the PGA Tour having talks is the same thing that Rory said. He said, Greg's got to go, first of all. And so let's stick with that for a second because he had a lot of other things to say, whether it be about official world golf ranking and stuff like that. But let's stick on his on his comments on Greg Norman. And to me, guys, we've heard it from Rory McIlroy. We've heard it now from Tiger Woods. They are pulling the ego card more than anybody right now that they don't want to have Greg Norman look at Tiger Woods or look at Greg Norman and say, look, I was right. I started this, and now you guys are going to have to kind of bow the knee to me. Right, T-Dub? Is that, am I wrong in thinking that? It's, it's interesting because I don't know what all has been happening behind closed doors in the sense of, you know, Greg tried to do this back in what the the mid '90s or whatever. Tried to do the same thing and it already failed. And and so and now that that he's been able to succeed, it, it it puts an interesting point on it. And I don't know how much animosity has been there previously, and what has been created newly even since the live. So and one of the things we talk about business, sir. I mean, if you don't trust the person that you're going to shake hands with across the table, it's extremely hard to do business. You either you better be getting a one hell of a deal if you're doing anything like that. So. So, no, if it's going to take Greg to leave for them to have some talks, I don't know, maybe Liv needs to look at that and say if there are better options out there and would, would capably this would be better for, for them as a tour go, going forward. So they don't need to do this in the sense of what's better for the tour. If, they per, if Liv personally feels like that someone else besides Greg Norman would be better meant for, for them, they, they need to do that and make that decision. But until then, we're going to roll with these cards, and at least I don't think there's going to be any sort of uh, any sort of negotiations as long as Greg Norman's there, Woody. I think that's pretty evident. Woody, I just thought of this. We always talk about all these college coaches having huge buyouts. What would Greg Norman's buyout be with Liv? <laughs> uh, that's a good say, question. I, I think Sam. I don't think he. I don't think he would leave Liv. I think what he'd do is he'd move to another position that wasn't so much out front, and and. You got to understand. I was around Greg Norman when he was in his prime, and he wasn't Arnold Palmer. He wasn't Jack Nicklaus. He he was extremely arrogant. He was extremely proud of himself, and he would tend to rub you the wrong way. Um, Arnold Palmer would never rub you the wrong way. Uh, you know, Jack Nicholas would never rub you the wrong way. Now, now you don't want to get in any kind of arguments with Jack Nicholas because you're going to be wrong. He's going to always be right. Uh, but Norman just comes across, oh, I don't know how to explain him more than just egomaniac. And I don't think that this can work. And, and Greg should still take credit for getting it going as good as he has. I, I'm I'm all in on that. Um, but it's it's kind of maybe time if these guys are all saying that, it might be time for him to go, you know, I did it this time, guys. I got you. I got you to the table, and I'm going to make this thing work, but I'm going to bow out and let somebody, oh, like I said earlier in one of our shows, I'd heard rumors that it's Mark King. I think Mark King would be absolutely phenomenal to step into Greg's position. And let the people and know who Mark did, King is, Woody. Mark King ran TaylorMade for a number of years. He was the CFO, CEO of TaylorMade. And he has unbelievably connect, connections with all of these tour players. 
and they love him. Rory McIlroy loves Mark King. I will promise you he does. So he's he's got so much of a better way of being able to negotiate and get involved with these guys. I'll say this, C-Dub, when we were talking about can they get in there, can they merge, if Mark King comes on ball, involved with this and he comes on board with Liz, trust me, guys, I don't know how it will work, but it will work. If you get Mark King in there, this will change everything. Yeah, and T-Dub, that's kind of what we were talking about during the break is, you know, who is going to be that kind of uh, arbitrator? Who who are both sides going to say, you know what, I trust this guy, right? Because there's so much animosity. I think that, you know, Woody makes a good point with Mark King. Is there any other person that really is, is kind of uh, Sweden in this scenario? Well, you know what's funny is, you know, who should honestly be the person who does it is Phil. That, that's who honestly should be in charge, in my opinion. But <laughs> with everything that's happened to him in the past year, I mean, serious, I mean, I, I, I don't say that jokingly. I mean, I feel like he would be the perfect person for it. But with everything that's happened in the past year, I, I don't think I don't think that will ever be the case. And I don't think he, he could be put in a position uh, to where he could trust him. So it's uh, – is there any names that stick out the top of my head? No. The, the, who's who's Woody? Woody completely sold me on Mark King. I mean, I don't see why Liv hasn't already done it. They, Woody, what do you need to just make him a call? And if you want it done after that sales pitch, there's no way they could say no. That's exactly right, guys. Uh, we also heard Tiger Woods say some other interesting things. I teased it a little bit. On the official World Golf Ranking System, Tiger Woods acknowledges for the first time that it is flawed. Now, what are your guys' thoughts on that? He, he, Tiger basically said, we need to take a look at it. It's definitely flawed. And so, to me, it's a perfect time for him to say that because we have guys like Cam Smith you know, winning this week and, and he's won on the live tour and getting nothing for it. I think the longer that this goes on, that the official world golf ranking, the OWGR, as we always call it, it, it is continuing to run the system that it is running T-Dub. It, I think the longer that it goes on, the more obsolete it becomes. Well, that's just a classic example of really how society works. Whenever the people at the top get affected by something, change happens. And that's what happened at the DP World Tour Championship. When you had John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Victor Hovland, all the great players that went over there and played, and they got, what, 60% of the world ranking points that, that the Seaside event did? Ridiculous. Even Tiger even mentioned on the press conference today, it's, it's asinine. And that brought the attention because before, they only cared about if, if Liv got it. But now people are seeing the ridiculousness of it. And what's Only crazy is, it is that... on a DP World Tour event, or the biggest DP it, World Tour event. Because Rory and John Rom were in the field, and they and, exactly. and Rom was has very spoken out about it the week before. That that's why all this has come to light. And what's crazy about it, guys, is the, the world ranking system changed six months ago to try to make it better, and it made it completely worse in, in all aspects. It's absolutely a complete joke now. Then with the live aspect and on top of it, they're not just going to have to get this in place and apply it three years down the line. They need to make changes like next year or within the next 12 months to 18 months because at this point, guys, the world ranking system's going to essentially be whoever plays on the PJ Tour is going to get all the points. That is spot on. You guys hit the nail right on the head here. And, and let me just say this about our God in the game, Tiger Woods. It's like E.F. Hutton back in those days. These were commercials you didn't remember, but if he speaks, people listen. And whether we like it or not, Tiger is phasing out of playing golf. But he doesn't want to get out of golf by any stretch of the imagination, thus as he's forming that new company where they're going to have those uh, oh, simulated golf rounds. Yeah, the TGL where they're doing it in arenas is what you're talking about with Rory. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, let me just say that Tiger Woods is going to have his hand in golf until the day he dies. As and he should. As he should. And when he's involved, things happen. So if he doesn't like the world ranking points and he doesn't like Greg Norman as the live guy, <laughs> uh, let me just say, I wouldn't want to be either one of those products because he, if, he, if he doesn't want you there, you're not going to be there. Jay Monahan, you might want to pay attention. 
no doubt about it, guys. There's so much live stuff to get into. I'll bring up one more live thing here. Uh, per Golf Week and uh, Handicap underscore 54 on Twitter has previously reported on Live Golf is kicking off its 2023 season at Mayacoba in Mexico, stealing the venue from the PGA Tour, guys. One of Hovland's local boys' favorite places. T-Dub, any thoughts? It's very interesting, but I think it makes a lot of sense, especially with A. Bannister and Carlos Ortiz uh, both being the best uh, Mexican golfers in the world and for and then being both on live. It, it makes the most sense. Just like there'll probably be more events in Australia and also with Sergio being there is probably a great example of why they're going to play at Valderrama coming up. I mean, in my opinion, that's the best golf course that, they, that they've been able to poach. I know it's off the DP World Tour. But at the same time, it's just this isn't going to be the last time we see this happen. And I'm very interested to see on December 5th when the list schedule comes out exactly where else they all decide to go because I think it's going to be essentially what Greg Norman won in the 90s, Woody, and that's going to be a world tour because they're going to play worldwide. Spot on, and I know I'm going to cheat, but I want – I get first pick, and I'm picking it now. I take Victor Hovland that week. <laughs> oh, you think that Victor Hovland's going to go to live, Woody? Well, I hope. <laughs> I <wanna pick> <laughs> we don't want to start any rumors on this podcast. All we do, all we do is break real news, Woody. We don't want to start any of the, the fake live rumors all here. Right. Uh, well, I want him even if he isn't there. But I, 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 it's like you said, he's a god down there, and I wanted him. But, yeah, you're right. He's probably not going to go to live. So. Who knows? All right, I won't take him. Who knows? Know. Who knows? But definitely uh, no rumors circulating about that right now, at least. Uh, guys, before we get off of Tiger Woods, this would have normally been one of our top stories this week. He was supposed to play in the Hero World Challenge, but he pulls out due to plantar fasciitis. Guys, is this kind of a... a a glimpse into what we might see in 2023. I know we had the conversation talking about, at least I said that Tiger Woods will not be competing in a major, meaning that he's not going to be in contention on the back nine on Sunday in a major, unless he's able to play a couple times leading up to these majors. And guys, he pulls out of the Hero World Challenge uh, with plantar fasciitis, and we knew that there was reports that him and Joey LaCava were down in Florida playing, uh, you know, simulated rounds where Joey was carrying the bag for Tiger, and all of a sudden he has foot problems, guys. And uh, just what are your overall thoughts on this? It's kind of a bummer uh, that Tiger is not teeing it up this week. Well, Tiger kind of alluded to in his press conference. I think this is exactly what happened he just said he started to ramp up his practice sessions and that's when he started aggravated and it's very similar to a lot of people can probably relate to this where you you may have worked out in the past but if you don't work out in a while and you go work out and you try to lift the same amount of weight you did when you stopped you're going to be unbearably sore for at least probably a week at at that point at least a few days And, and what i think happened with tiger was He's just started to ramp up his practice and how much how much weight he was putting on his foot, and he re-aggravated an injury, which is exactly going to happen. And I think whenever it comes to how much Tiger will play in 23, he said in his press conference he'll try to play the majors and then maybe one or two events after that. And unless he can just heal exceptionally right, and the biggest thing he needs to learn to do is have a moderate warm, practice warm-up before, not even just before the days he plays, but leading up to the tournaments because – Something about his competitiveness wants him to practice and have an an elite practice leading up to when he plays in competition. And he's just going to have to realize that if he wants to do that, he's going to have to take it down a a notch. So Tiger has to have a little bit of self-awareness at this point to not allow uh, things like this to happen in the future. And I think, in all honesty, he's so competitive that uh, this isn't going to be the last time that we have something like this happen, Woody. Let me just say, he's 40, what is he now, 46? Going to be what? He'll be be 47 in December 30th. Yep. Okay, so uh, let me explain to you about age. Okay, this plantar fasciitis is—it is one of the worst. It is—it hurts like you guys cannot believe it. If you need one of you had it, you don't want it, and it is not an injury that goes away rapidly, and it will come back to haunt you again. Basically, what it is is he hasn't really been stretching his 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 feet or his hamstrings near enough and that's what happens when you have some practicing. So he is going to be a walking 
uh, injury, let alone all he's been through from his back, his car wrecks. Whether we like it or not, I was told a long time ago, guys, we're losing speed and altitude every day. Okay? That's what happens. Your body just, God didn't give you a, a youthful body for your whole life. That's not the way the game was played. So if you think we're done with his injuries, and I know we're not, and what's going to happen each year that goes by, it's going to get worse. I would have to tell you guys, watch real closely whenever you get to watch Tiger Woods play golf because it ain't going to be long before he's not going to be playing golf. I'm just telling you, his body's not going to hold up. Yeah, it's just it's hard to hear when you have one of the guys you think is just absolutely robotic, you know, guys watching Tiger Woods throughout his career. Even in 2019, we were like, is there anything this guy can't come back from? And, guys, it, it just seems like it's on the downturn to me at least. I, if I had to bet my life on it, uh, on whether Tiger Woods will win another major, I, I would say no at this point. And Tiger's the guy that you should never bet against. It's just injuries are hard to come back from because especially as big of injuries as Tiger Woods has, it's going to create other injuries to his body. And so I, I think that that's kind of going to be the story of next year for Tiger Woods, at least on the golf course, guys. I just got a text from uh, our man Kim McLeod up at Golf Oklahoma. Uh, He wants us to let people know that GolfOklahoma.org does have the story on Live Golf coming to Cedar Ridge uh, in Broken Arrow. So definitely go see that. We tweeted it out and go to GolfOklahoma.org to catch that as well. And if you want to catch one of the Live's best players, that's Cam Smith, who just won the Australian PGA, guys. Let's get into that a little bit. Cam Smith finishes the golf tournament at 14 under, one shot, uh, excuse me, three shots over Jason Scrivener. Uh, Really, Cam Smith looked rock solid in this golf tournament, T-Dub. The only time he really faltered was a little bit on that back nine, but I never thought that the tournament was in danger for Cam Smith. Uh, Just going out and proving that he is not just the best putter in the world, but he may as well be the best player in the world right now, T-Dub, or at least one of the hottest yeah, he, he undoubtedly is, and he was by far the best player in that field, Sam, and that just prevailed over the course of the tournament for sure. I, I, I didn't see an abundance of the tournament just with it being taking place at 3 a.m. in the morning, so it was a little bit there. But from what I saw, the conditions looked pretty tough. looked like there was a lot of wind on at least multiple days of the tournament. Cam Smith just seemed like every time I saw him have a putter in his hand, he made a putt, which was just – his putting just still astonishes me to this day how good it is, and I don't think I'll ever be able – uh, to get over it, but uh, he's also playing in the Australian Open this week as well. So he'll we'll see if he can make the two for two, Woody. But uh, we see what he saw. I see if he plays like he did last week. I think he'll be able to do just that. He's a real deal. Every time I watch him play, I'm get, I'm getting more impressed. Uh, and and he is. Uh, I just hope that he gets to play the majors next year. That they don't try to blackball him out of those. You know what I mean? Because he is, he is, when you talk about world class, Rory is still, I think, the head of the class. But boy, this Cam Smith, that son of a gun just gets better and better and better. So um, I would be surprised if he won this week, too, to be honest with you. I don't know how many beers he's been drinking, but I know he's down there at home now and he's having fun. But uh, I sure wouldn't bet against him. No doubt about it, guys. And looking at the OWGR, Rory McIlroy is the number one player in the world right now. Scotty Scheffler is number two, and Cam Smith is number three. And, guys, it's pretty impressive what Cam Smith has done even since he hasn't been, you know, awarded all these official world golf ranking points. To me, I think that Cam Smith right now is the best player in the world even though the analytics say that it's Rory McIlroy. Rory, how about you show it to me in the major championships, and then I'll give you a little bit of credit, right, T-Dub, or do you disagree with me? Well, there is something to say about about winning major championships, and Cam Smith definitely prevailed in, in the last time they did that at St. Andrews, which is also the home of golf as well. So, yeah, Cam Smith, I think, has the maybe a leg up on Rory, at least on, on that aspect. But when you look at the strokes gain aspect, Rory and, and Rom are, are one and two right now. 
But it, it would be hard for me to say, hey, go have a head-to-head match against this person. And it would be hard for me to pick against Cam Smith just because his game translates so well to to an aspect of match play, just like we saw at the, in the team championship down at Doral. So it, it, if you set him up on every single type of golf course against Rory a hundred times, I think Rory would probably prevail more than others. But uh, whenever you talk about the setups that major championships have and just that being able to translate, I think it's a lot closer than at least other people would want to admit that it is, Woody. By far, I think if if you put them head-to-head, I still, both Rom and Rory can still overpower a golf course. I don't see Cam Smith being able to overpower a golf course. What I do see Cam Smith is, is like the tortoise in the hare. He just kind of creeps along there and makes about 100,000 feet of putts. And before you know it, he wins. So he's not going to dominate a golf course the way Rory and Rom can. But, boy, I'll tell you what, if there's one guy I wouldn't want to play right now, it'd be Cam Smith. I think he's that good. No doubt about it, guys. And uh, switching gears a little bit here, I know we have a lot of Liv news today, um, but here's some more news that Liv is at least involved with is that golf leaders are planning to meet at the match to discuss a game plan to deal with Liv Golf. And what do you have a little bit more information on this? Let, let the listeners know. Well, I was reading about this this morning. It just was breaking news this morning. And, uh, what you're going to have is you're going to have the uh, guy from the RNA, the, uh, the the head of the PGA, and the head of the USGA. All three of those majors. The only guy not showing up for the meeting as of right now would be Fred Ridley from the Masters, but it's partly because of the DOJ, and he's got a lawsuit under him. I don't think he can go and do that kind of meetings. They're going to meet with Jay Monahan is what they're going to do. The four of them are supposed to meet during the match. If you think Tiger ain't going to be in the room, I'm going to call Bull on that. I do believe Tiger will be somewhere in the room. And I guess what I see out of this, guys, as much as anything, is you can only stick your hand or your head in the sand for so long. And then at some point, boy, you got to go, hey, this is real. we got to get together and figure out what we're going to do. So, again, uh, it shows that, it's no longer, oh, we're just going to bury this live. They can't compete against us. Well, <laughs> yeah, they can. And now instead of just trying to push it away and act like it's not there, they're doing the right thing is what I'm saying. I think if these four guys and maybe Tigers in the room, maybe they can come up with a plan to make this so that everybody gets to see. Would that be a tragedy? Think about that for a minute, guys. If you've got the reigning British Open champion, or the Open champion, as they call it, and he doesn't get to play in the Masters, or Dustin Johnson, a former champion, he doesn't get to play in the Masters. There's a yeah. bunch of former Masters <laughs> champions that I, I don't think yeah. that that can ever happen. No, I just, no, I just can't even imagine. Do you know how big a black eye on golf that would be? That would that that yeah. that'd be so. I can't even go into all the ways that's wrong. No, and so, at least to me, Woody, get before you get off, good. before you get off that subject, Woody, at least to me, the way it would happen is the Masters would let basically everyone qualify the way that they've always qualified. So the former champions are in. You know, Cam Smith is in because of his official World Golf ranking and because he won the the Open Championship. Where it would screw guys is guys that haven't won major championships but would have been inside the top fifty, right? That's the only bad thing about it. And that's why you got to get this uh, these world rankings figured out, too. I mean, it's just – it's not fair. If you're one of the best players in the world and they kind of alienate you in some way where you can't prove that, that's wrong. It's just wrong. It, it's not supposed to be that way. And, and whether you like it or don't like it, Aren't we looking for the best players, guys? Isn't that what golf's all about? Isn't that about what sports is about? Is they have the best players playing? No doubt about it. And I think you can kind of draw the same conclusion about, you know, some of the reaction I've seen on Twitter, albeit very minimal on Twitter. Uh, you know, there's been some people saying, I'm not going to support this. Well, do you support golf in the state of Oklahoma? I think that we can kind of expand that to nationally. You have to 
realize that this is growing the game of golf or at least getting the players what they deserve or at least the live players feel like they are getting what they deserve and there's enough great names on the live now that they have to listen right t-dub Absolutely, and that's what brings the question to me of I don't really understand why they are meeting. Um, because if they're having talks to try to figure out a way to keep these live guys out, I think that's absolutely horrible, and I think it's ridiculous. I think it's fairly simple. Just keep the, the system the way it is and realize that the majors and maybe their criteria is, is the problem if they don't believe in the world ranking points. If they want to come up with some clause to allow live champions in the events, I don't know if they would ever do that, but – that would be the only reason I would see these meetings being productive because the writing should be on the wall. You should not ban these guys from competing in your majors because that is the most detrimental thing that could happen to the game of golf. So, yeah, I, I if, if they're meeting about the right things, I support the meeting. But it sounds like in all seriousness that they're probably not and they're trying to find some way uh, to make these – instead of betterment of getting their fields, they're trying to figure out some way to make these guys not play and make them worse. And if that's the case, I totally do not support it. Absolutely, guys. Let's switch gears a little bit. We do have the Hero World Challenge, as I mentioned, going on this week. We have the likes of Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, Jordan Speed, Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley, John Rahm, Justin Thomas uh, will be playing with Sepp Straka, who will be taking the place of Tiger Woods. Uh, who do you guys like this week, T-Dub? I'm kind of leaning a little bit towards... Uh, a Xander Shoffley having a good week, but it's hard for me to pick against John Rom right now, T-Dub. Yeah, Rom's got to be the favorite this week, guys. And it's really astonishing to me that he's actually second highest on DraftKings. Scottie Scheffler's uh, the, the first time I pick Rom almost every single day of the week. At, at this point, Rom just been playing so well, obviously won over at the DP World Tour Championship. And uh, someone to look out for is, is Tony Fina. He is probably the, the third best favorite this week. So you got you got to think that he has a solid chance. And then Victor Hovland, he played really well in uh, his only appearance here. He gained 3.12 shots uh, the year that he played. Then you can also look at guys like, like Tony Fien, or not T- Tony Fien, I'll just talk about him. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, Fairway Jesus, he gained 2.81 shots the, uh, the the only time he played here. So uh, I think those would be some guys to look out for. It's only a 20-man field, Woody, so uh, not very many people to choose from, honestly. But a lot of really good players to choose from. Brom, I, I, I think you guys are spot on with Brom. I really do. Finau, though, is is playing some really good golf. Um, I don't know. This is this a hit and giggle type event with twenty guys? Um, the OWGR you know, doesn't seem to think so, Woody. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, we. I thought we've already gone over how big a part that deal is. You know, and I'm not even Tiger Woods, but um, I think twenty guys playing uh, anything can happen, but. Uh, if, if if you had to put me on the spot, I'd say John Rahm's the guy to be. Guys, if we're looking at Data Golf, Data Golf has John Rahm as a 13.7% chance to win the golf tournament. Scotty Scheffler at a 12.3% chance. And like T-Dub said, that Scheffler's ahead of Rahm on DraftKings, so you might find a little bit of value there. But there's a big drop-off after Scheffler. It goes Finau, Xander Shoffley, and then Justin Thomas to round out your top five favorites at the Hero World Challenge. Uh, Justin Thomas is a guy that I want to get into real quick, T-Dub. What do you think, uh, not necessarily just this week, but what do you think about uh, what would be a successful year for Justin Thomas after winning a major in 2022? What would be a successful year for JT in 2023? Uh, JT's at the point in his career where if he doesn't win one major year, it's a, it's a disappointing year. Even someone like Rory last year who had – one of the best years analytically and won a lot of a lot of tour, tour events, but uh, didn't end up winning that major. So in my all opinion, it's it's a disappointment. I feel the same way about JT. Was able to kind of get that breakthrough with his second major uh, at Southern Hills, obviously, where we all saw it. But uh, now I think it's time for him to, to win another major besides the PGA. If he could win at, at the Masters or win the U.S. Open LA Country Club, or, or win the uh, the British Open, I forget where it's at off the top of my head. I think it's at Royal Troon. Nevertheless, if he could win a, just another one of the three majors, obviously if he could win the PGA, that would be stellar and it would be great. But if he could get another one of them to get the second leg of the Grand Slam, I feel like that is what would make uh, JT's year. But uh, he's in a similar aspect to kind of that uh, that, that Scheffler is, where especially the, his last seven, eight tournaments, he's putted absolutely horrible, really ever since the PGA Championship, with the exception of, of a couple of events. He's putted absolutely atrociously, and he's been very streaky with his putter over the course of his career. So if he can just get his putter working right at the right time, especially now since all the majors take in the span of four months, 
you got to get hot at the right time. So as long as this putter stays good during that course of time, I think he has a very good chance of winning one of those majors. Which, like you asked, that would be how he has a, a what he would call a successful year. Woody, one guy that data golf, at least the analytics, are telling you to stay away from this week is Jordan Spieth. I mean, even guys like Corey Connors, Tom Kim, Max Homa are ahead of Jordan Spieth in the data golf predictions for this golf tournament. Do you agree with those, or do you think that Spieth might have a good week this week at the Hero World Challenge? Jordan Spieth is a guy that I don't know what you're going to get with him. I mean, he is a box of chocolates. Every time I think he's done, he comes out and wins or does something really crazy. So I still think he's fighting his golf swing a little bit. And um, I, I read an interesting article about Rory, how Rory turned it around and started playing some of the best golf he'd ever played. And what he said is I quit thinking about it. I quit being technical. And I went back to playing golf. Well, Mr. Steve might want to read that article and then frame it and keep it handy and just keep reading it because if there's one guy that looks like he is mind warped with his golf swing, it's Jordan Steve. I, I still don't know what he's trying to do. So I think they, they pick that or they put that the odds against him for a reason. I think they, they know a lot more about it than I do. So I'm not going to say one way or the other, although just by the time, like I said, you write him off, he comes out and does something spectacular. So I think that this week will be an interesting week to hit and giggle for these guys. And uh, it's fun to watch because I know they're going to be competitive, but I still think they're having fun. No doubt about it. And then, T-Dub, I know you're big into the analytics, and I want to ask you about one more guy, and that's Sung J.M., who's the sixth favorite after Justin Thomas uh, for this golf tournament at the Hero World Challenge. And T-Dub, last year in 2022, you know, he had his best year off the tee analytically and one of his best years on the greens as well. And he's starting off 2023 hot, gaining over a full shot off the tee. I think that's probably why you see Sung Jae near the top uh, of the favorites analytically because this isn't one of the tougher golf courses off the tee, um, but you can definitely gain some shots. Well, you look at at him over the course of his career. He's gained, he's gotten better off the tee and approach the green every single year he's gone up in that in that attribute. So he, he just consistently keeps getting better and better. He's never played in this tournament, so I feel like that may be something that could potentially hold him back. But he does have a great game for this course. Really, this isn't a course that you have to necessarily overpower a whole lot, especially looking at the forecast. There's going to be, be about 20 to 25 mile-per-hour winds, I think at least three of the four days, and maybe every single day. So it's definitely going to be a placement golf course, and that fits up perfectly for Sung Jay, who's been playing exceptionally well and been putting exceptionally well, too. Going all the way back to the British Open, he's gained shots on the greens in every single one of the seven events uh, strokes gained has counted since he's played since then. So as long as he hasn't been – as long as he didn't eat too much turkey on Thanksgiving and lost his grip with his putter, I think Sanjay will have a pretty good week. Woody, one guy that is in this field that I want to ask you about is Colin Morikawa, and he got married last week to his new wife, Kat Morikawa, and uh, he joins other players uh, that got married this year, such as Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, uh, and Colin Morikawa now all got married last year. Um, Do you think that it's a good thing that Colin Morikawa got married last week for betting on him this week, or do you think it's a bad thing? Well, you always try to get me in so much trouble. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) I mean, dad, what am I supposed to say? That, that, well, he's going to play like crap that he got married, then everybody's going to bash me. I would say that his mind might not be totally on golf if he just got married. Um, I don't know. You know, he should be in hog heaven. I don't. I, I think that they've kind of been together for a number of years. Uh, getting married is just kind of the the finalization, so to speak. So he might have a great week, but with the winds blowing like T. Dub was just saying, you know who we really ought to be looking at, guys, is Victor Hovland. That's right. If he, if he loves playing, winning outside of the uh, the continental United States, right? Well, and and he can play in the wind. I can tell you that because I've seen him at Oak Tree enough. He might be one of the few guys out there hitting balls when it's blowing 30. So uh, 
uh, he could be a sleeper. I think, I think, you know, Morikawa, uh, I don't look for him to just light it up, but I don't think it's because he just got married. I'm, I, you're not going to get me to stick my foot in my mouth on that. So uh, we'll move on. <laughs> Absolutely, guys. One more guy that I, I would put maybe a, a few dollars on is Matthew Fitzpatrick. He's looked really good lately in, in recent weeks, and I think he might have a good week at the Hero World Challenge. Is there anybody else, T-Dub, that you think might have a solid week that's kind of off the radar a little bit? Even though there's only 20 guys, the radar can only be so big. <laughs> I talked about it earlier, but I'm going to go with Fairway Jesus, guys. I mean, I, I think that one down the net bank played here, and the only time he played here was in 2018. He finished third. I, I'm laying a little. I'd lay a little bit of money on on fairway Jesus Tommy Fleetwood. I think he was going. He may not win the tournament, but and, and I know this isn't really saying much because there's only 20 people in the field. But still, a top five is impressive. And you can make some money off bets like that. I bet Tommy Fleetwood top five right now definitely would. That's a, yeah, I like that pick. And I mean, he uh, didn't he just recently win? Uh, yes, yeah, down, down at the net bank. Yeah, okay. so. So, I mean, obviously he's playing pretty good golf. And, and again, uh, the European guy, he, he knows how to play in the wind. So, uh, yeah, I'm, you go ahead and bet it and tell me how you do, okay? <laughs> there you go. That's what he's advised for this week at the Hero World Challenges. You go ahead and bet it and tell me how you do. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, guys, let's go ahead and change subjects real quick. Um, I saw something interesting that Brentley Romine of the Golf Channel put on Twitter. He said, beginning in 2023, the NCAA D1 Women's Championship will feature 27 teams up from 24. A strength of field metric will be used to determine which three regionals have five teams advance and which have four teams advance. And guys, my thoughts on this are pretty simple is why not, guys, just let the top six teams on golf stat get by straight to the stroke play portion of the national championship in both men's and women's and then have the top four at each regional advance to the national championship? Guys, am I crazy? Am I using too much common sense here, T-Dub? Sam, I've been screaming for that for, for years now, really for probably about a decade now. I've been screaming the exact same thing for the men's and the women's side. I've... The thing I've been saying is college golf regular season has the least amount of impact than any other sport. I don't really think it's close, honestly. There may be some I'm not thinking of. Someone can let us know. But whenever you look at every other aspect of it, you need to have a good regular season to get into to get in, to go to the postseason. At this point, you don't get the same difference as being the, the best team in the country and being the, the 40th team in the country because you're, you're all playing at the same course and it all matters for one tournament. So completely agree, Sam. I think they need to get – uh, some buys in the stroke play portion. I've been screaming for it. And I, I think this new thing for the women's side is really dumb, too. You have some regionals that, that are going to take more team than others. I don't care what strength of field metric you go off on. I think that's dumb. I think it's ridiculous. So, yeah, I think it's a change that didn't need to happen. And uh, really, in all honesty, until we can get a little more impact on the uh, the regular season that college golf has, it's going to be fairly irrelevant until postseason comes around. Well, Sam, uh, you said common sense. Uh, <laughs> I I tend to agree with you. Is this, does the NCAA mean anything to you? <laughs> Not really, Woody, after being a part of it for a few years. Yeah, well, like I said, uh, what do they do? What does the NCAA do in this day and age that we live in that has anything to do with common sense or has anything to do with the betterment of any sport? I mean, honestly, nothing, right? I mean, okay. I'm the wrong there person to ask, though, Woody. They were the ones that made no. me put in, you know, two different appeals and made me miss one tournament because I, I, I basically had to prove to them, Woody, that I had cancer, right? And so talking well, about a medical red shirt. Yeah, like I said, uh, uh, can you say stupid? Or what, what, what is that? Uh, oh, Ron White, the comedian, what do you always say? Oh, well, you can't pick stupid. Well, you can't fix the NCAA because they are stupid. <laughs> no, I totally agree, Woody. Um, and T-Dub, just to kind of round out the show, do you have any final thoughts on all that we've talked about today? I know normally I asked you, did we miss anything? Uh, I'm sure we missed something today because of this big news that broke, uh, thanks to us. <laughs> right, T-Dub? It's pretty cool being the first yeah. one on the story, right? 
Yeah, good job, Sam. Absolutely. Yeah, Appreciate I think it. it's it's ex it's it's excellent. What's what I think is the potential of this could be. I know even just having it for one year would be excellent, but. Kind of like we talked about earlier, if you could get this to be a multi-year thing, I think it's going to be great not just for the game of golf around the area, but just for the community in general. I think it's great. There's been a lot of backlash for Live over the course of the past year, and uh, I think there's a lot of good things that have come from Live, and I think that we're going to be able to see that firsthand um, at, at Cedar Ridge. So, yeah, I think it's absolutely excellent. It's, uh, once again, great job uh, reporting on us, Sam, and breaking the news. And uh, I can't wait to see uh, see the product it gets up putting on in an excellent venue uh, with some excellent players. No doubt about it, guys, and stay with us here on the 73rd hole because we'll have a whole lot more throughout this quote-unquote off-season of golf. There's still golf tournaments pretty much every week, but we're going to have some great interviews for you guys here on the 73rd hole podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. And do me a favor, go hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. It's the purple button on Apple and the green button if you're using Spotify. That just helps us out. It's absolutely fantastic free just gives you a notification when we release a new episode guys thank you so much for joining the 73rd hole for jim woodward and taylor williams this has been sam humphreys we'll talk to you guys next week